Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bold Predictions. I am Zach Carpenter. He is Greg Smith. He is Steve Marek, and he is Jeff Ekstrom. And boys, I got some brag to do over you guys this week. Uh, last week, who it was all a united front against me. Three against one. I was all picking Indiana and me picking picking Nebraska and boom, here's the winner. So now I'm three and two. You guys are two and three on the on the season with final score predictions. What what do you have to say for yourselves, guys? Greg, what, what do you guys say to yourself for yourself? <laughs> I feel like I we were all, I can speak for everyone when I say that we were very justified in having Nebraska in prove it mode um, for that game. Um, of course, it was a winnable game and it ended up being a game that they won and they proved that correct. But that doesn't mean that they were going to go out there and do it. We had to see it. So yeah, that's what we have to say for ourselves is that we did not take the leap of faith that you did, I guess. Uh, but that's why it's called bold predictions. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm coming in here a little facetious bragging because I, at the end, <laughs> I made that score prediction. I'm like, oh, I'm not staying on my ground that firmly here. I'm uh, I could easily see the score being flipped, but uh, Steve, what's uh, anything surprise you about, about that game, about how they were able to pull it out? Yeah, uh, two things. One, they won the football game. And two, uh, the defense just kind of turning things around. Uh, Bill Bush, obviously, I think a lot of the, a lot of the questions going into that game was, you know, how how much of an impact can, can one guy truly make in basically two weeks, the bye week, and then the week leading up to the game. And I think our questions were answered that Bill Bush, obviously what he did simplifying the the defensive playbook, limiting the the calls. Um, I think that really made an impact. It seemed like the the guys were playing faster, looser. They were having fun. They had some momentum. Then they just kept building on it. Wound up shutting in Indiana out in the second half and limited limiting them to sixty seven yards rushing. Which I mean, before the game, you would have like absolutely not agreed that that was going to happen, but it happened and held them to, I think it was five yards in the fourth quarter. They absolutely won and dominated the fourth quarter. Casey Thompson threw a 71-yard bomb to Trey Palmer. It was just a lot of good things going on. But, yeah, I mean, I was I was excited to see if they would actually pull it out and win the football game, and they proved me wrong. So got to give credit where it's due. Good job. Yeah, Jeff, you're the you're the last one here that Nebraska proved, uh, proved wrong. And um, they were in prove-it mode, and, I mean – like Greg said, you guys are just more than justified in picking against them. So, um, what? Yeah, what? Uh, what? What stood out, uh, Jeff, from from Saturday's game? Well, first, uh, I want to say that uh, if we're all, if me, Greg, and Steve are all two and three, it's the same record as Nebraska right now. I just want to point that out. Uh, but also, I think Malcolm Hartsog had a really good performance there, along with the defense on Saturday. True freshman. I mean, in the first half, when I was paying attention to him the entire time. Uh, Connor Baslock only passed one for five, uh, thrown to a receiver covered by Hartzog. And then, of course, the uh, punt block returned for a touchdown. So he's really impressive. Young player, Mickey Joseph, Bill Bush have all spoken really good about him. And so I'm excited to see what he takes from that performance and see what he can do for uh, that secondary moving forward. Yep. And since we're on the, the subject of Malcolm Hartzog, first off, the, the Mickey Joseph lightning round press conference on, on Wednesday had uh, I sent the video clip to these guys and uh, it was my favorite Mickey presser moment of the year. And there've been a lot of good ones, but um, he was asked, um, Malcolm Hartzog really stepped up. Have you, 
have you seen any other young guys, freshmen like that, who who can make a similar impact? And Mickey just very succinctly and bluntly just said no, and then kept the same deadpan look on his face. It was just I started laughing out loud when uh, when I was watching it back, um, just because of just because his straightforwardness just is it's so blunt and just just out there. So it looks like Malcolm Hartsog uh, is the only. The only freshman or uh, young player like that who is uh, who is due or is in for an increased uh, continued increased role, I guess we'd call it, after his first career start and uh, uh, special teams touchdown in his first career start, which uh, we've we've gone over ad nauseum. But I'm gonna actually start off bold predictions today with uh, since we're talking about him with a Malcolm Hartzog related uh, prediction and. He scored his first career touchdown last week, boys, and this week he's gonna he's gonna nab his first career interception for um, what, like we talked about last week. When whenever Nebraska has those turnovers, they come in uh, shorter shorter qual- uh, quantities, but seems like they're always impactful. So that's my that's my first one, Malcolm Hartzog, first career interception. Book it, lock it down, Greg. What do you got? Yeah, I think my, my first one, I'm going I'm to stay on the defense. And, and I've been thinking about a player that I feel like we had talked about or had not talked about enough leading into this game um, that was kind of underperforming, and that was Ty Robinson, right? He went out and had a great game um, this past week. Um, really liked what we saw from him. He had multiple coaches talking about kind of unlocking him a little bit this week. Um, and I think there was a, a quote out there about Matt Millen um, seeing him in a walkthrough and saying, hey, he's got more to give, um, which is 100% true. And really with Ty, it's just about getting him to play kind of with that mean streak. Like he's a really sharp kid, really nice kid. And he takes that out onto the field sometimes and also overthinks. Um, but my prediction related to him with all of that preamble is, is that I think that he has two sacks uh, this coming week, uh, which would be a huge thing for a for a defensive lineman at Nebraska. It just doesn't seem that that continue, that that happens very often. Uh, but then also him stacking another really good game um, going forward. So two sacks, write it down, Ty Robinson. And you you guys are getting in on the the pass rush bowl predictions now. I think I made it for like two or three weeks. Yeah, ago. now I'm nervous. Now that you say that and remind me of that, like I'm now I'm back to being nervous. Thanks. Yeah, the, still it, was the, it was the cart kiss of death, as they call it, the cart curse, where I said it, and then as soon as I didn't, boom, what they had last week, that Garrett Nelson career high and two sacks, which funny presser moment. Um, Nebraska spokesperson Keith Mann told the media, um, Garrett Nelson career high, two sacks, and he was just, like Steve mentioned, he was like giddy like a uh, like a kid um, in that press conference. He just goes, to, uh, they announced two career sacks, or career high with two sacks and Garrett Nelson goes huh, baller I thought that was a I thought that was a funny moment so Steve do you have a, a Garrett Nelson bowl prediction or, or are you going elsewhere no I'm doing I'm I'm uh my bowl prediction is going to be somebody who lines up behind Garrett Nelson at safety Mark Marquise Buford Jr. I think he's going to have a career high 10 tackles on Friday now uh, just a little bit of looking at Rutgers offense, Sean Gleason, the offensive coordinator who came over to Rutgers from Oklahoma State a couple seasons ago. The, uh, the Scarlet Knights offense is still trying to get things um, going against the better teams that they've played. You know, not every team is going to be Wagner University where they beat 66 to seven. Um, and the passing offense is right down um, ranking in the Big Ten 
conference. It's, it's right by Iowa, and you never really want to be in next to an offensive category next to Iowa. That's the and, second straight week you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tr- trying not to pile on the old Hawkeyes, but I just have to say it. But offensively with the run game, it hasn't been that bad. And so I think, you know, with what we've heard from Bill Bush on Tuesday when he said it was going to be a, a big man fight, a big man's fight, that tells me that, you know, and this happens with football all the time. I mean, it's it's how games are won and lost. This one will be decided by the line of scrimmage. And I think Nebraska is going to want to put as many bodies in the tackle box as they can. And I think Marquise Buford does a really good job of being a box safety. So I can see him creeping down closer to the line of scrimmage and getting, you know, another hat in there and helping against run support, because I don't know who's going to, who's going to be out there to take the first snap for Rutgers off offensively at quarterback. Evan Simon is kind of the pro style quarterback. He's maybe the safest bet. Noah Vedral. No idea what what he's doing. He he's been battling an upper body injury. They're treating it like hockey injuries, an upper body injury um, at, at Rutgers. And he um, had four carries against Ohio State, but he did not attempt a pass. I don't know if he physically can attempt a pass, but um, yeah, with Gavin Wimsett, another dual threat quarterback who has a bright future, he's not playing either because he's hurt. And they might toss in an H-back, a fullback, a tight end named Johnny Langan, who who began his year as a uh, began his career at Rutgers as a quarterback, but he's kind of grown into a tight end body and a tight end frame. He's a really, really good athlete and runner. So I think it's going to be a long day in the trenches in this one. And I think Marquise Buford is going to do a lot of good things helping out in there. And his his high right now, his career high for tackles in the game is seven. And I think he's going to bump that up to double double digits with 10. Yeah, well, Steve, uh, Steve, you predicted Isaac Gifford for a career high in tackles one week. I'm pretty sure he either got there or got close. So um, I think he did. Congrats, Marcus Buford, on a on a career high night Friday, which is gonna gonna happen with the confidence from Steve uh, backed by him. But um, Jeff, that we heard a lot of Rutgers related uh, analysis there from Steve. I don't know if you've got more on the Rutgers side, or if you're going more Nebraska side here, what's your, what's your first bowl prediction? I'm going to stick with the Scarlet Knights here. We're, we're going to go do a little flashback. Aaron Cruikshank, who spent his first, first few years at Wisconsin transferred to Rutgers uh, in 2020. that was his first year there. Uh, he's a senior now, and he's had some pretty good success against Nebraska 98 yard kick return for a touchdown uh, in that 2020 matchup uh, Rutgers and Nebraska 2019 first quarter, 89 yard touchdown uh, to tie the game after Dietrich Mills touchdown in that 2019 matchup with the Cornhuskers uh, and then even 2018 didn't have a touchdown but he had three uh, returns for 90 yards so this guy really knows how to get it done as a returner so if you're a better out there for an anytime touchdown put that down for Aaron Crookshank I'm saying he d- gets it done whether that be a return or receiving he's averaging four receptions through the first five games this year including a couple of scores uh but kind of limited in the return game five returns 100 yards which is still pretty good but no touchdowns and uh guess what that means he's due and with nebraska on deck coming to piscataway i think it's a perfect time for him to get that first score of the year well on the flip side jeff we're talking anytime touchdowns if you're better out there if if they, if they do anytime touchdowns for college football players i know they do for the nfl i'm not sure if they do uh in college but if 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 they do if you are better bet on anthony grant anytime touchdown because i've got 
My second bowl prediction is Anthony Grant with a 25 plus carry, 150 plus yards, and at least one touchdown. I wanted to just go with 100 plus yards, but I figured I'd uh, I'd go with the the show's namesake here and get uh, get bold with the prediction because Rutgers' run defense is actually pretty solid. Um, they are they're allowing 95.6 95 uh, 95.6 yards per game rushing, which is uh, it's one of the better numbers in the Big Ten. Um, and but. I kind of wanted to highlight Anthony Grant after he had a career high or season high, at least 32 carries last week, 136 yards, didn't get in the end zone, but he, he became a workhorse for them. I think since AJ Allen went down, I, I have a feeling we're going to continue to see increased, increased snaps and increased uh, carries for him. Gabe Irvin came in. He ran the ball really hard um, with, with his six, I think it was 16 snaps. Um, total that he got and I believe Anthony Grant had 64 um, I looked that up later get the official number but it's something like that and I just think Anthony Grant he, he's having um, and Greg and Steve and I were talking about this uh, the other day he's having sort of a quiet quietly having an all Big Ten caliber season um, a lot of his numbers rank right up there uh, at, at the top of the Big Ten leaderboard with Chase Brown Blake Corum um, and, and the rest of the, uh, the rest of a loaded position in the conference. And I think Anthony Grant may not be getting as much, uh, publicity or, or love as the kids, uh, the recruiting kids call it, um, uh, because of how loaded that position is. And because Nebraska is frankly sitting here at two and three. And I think, um, team's overall record obviously has an impact on those type of races, but we're five games in, he's got 114 carries for 600 yards, five touchdowns. And I think he's going to um, continue that, continue that, uh, that great start to the season that he's had and showing himself as a true RB one with 25 plus carries, 150 plus yards, which would be a pretty astounding, uh, effort. And if, if he hits those numbers, I can't, um, I don't foresee, a, uh, an avenue for a Nebraska loss if they're churning yards out on the ground like that. But Greg, what do you think? What do you think about the prediction? What do you got for your next one? Yeah, I actually like that prediction quite a bit because it, it rolls into mine a little bit um, because, listen, okay, Rutgers' rush defense, as you mentioned and why that's bold, um, it, their rush defense has been good. Their rush, their defense in general has been pretty good outside of that Ohio State game where they got 49 put on them, but who's not going to get points rolled up on them by Ohio State. Um, they gave up, was it 27 to Iowa? But Iowa scored two non-offensive touchdowns in that game. So they really didn't, the defense didn't really surrender that the same way as Nebraska's defense this past weekend against Indiana with whatever that was with the fumble touchdown situation when Chubba Purdy came into the game. I'm sorry for even bringing that back up. So all that being said, I think Nebraska is going to open this thing up a little bit. And my second bold prediction is that Nebraska ends up scoring over 30 points um, in this football game. Wacky things happen. Um, Nebraska seems to always be like we we're trying to we went through this last week, right? We were trying to figure out about, you know, Vegas, you know, they're they're usually right. They know a thing or two, but we just couldn't go with it. Um, I'm gonna do that again, but the other way and say that Nebraska actually scores more points than expected and scores 30, at least 30 points in this game on a weird Friday night in Piscataway. Yeah, I think the weird vibes is something we keep saying because it is weird. It's a like 
even uh, for us, we yesterday was Tuesday. We thought it was Wednesday. I think like up until like three o'clock, we're like, oh, it's Tuesday. We got to um, shift gears a little bit here as far as like when we were going to record this and a couple of things on the back end here. But um, Nebraska 30 plus points from Greg. The over under right now as you record is 48 and a half. Uh, Nebraska is favored by three points. And it's interesting that um, Nebraska has now been favored in five of six games this year outside of the Oklahoma game, which is weird, is it not, Steve? Like, it, it's got to be weird that Nebraska's favorite, been favored in almost every game this year. Yeah, for sure. It, it kind of tells you something about the Big Ten because um, they've already played um, Nor Northwestern, now Indiana, and now uh, Rutgers. It's kind of the bottom half of the, of the conference, and it just kind of tells you the state of what the Big Ten West and just the Big Ten in general outside of Ohio, the juggernaut Ohio State is. Um, but it's always just the glimmer of hope with Nebraska. Always. They'll, you know, for years and years and years, there will always be a, oh, what if, what if, uh, and with Nebraska. So, uh, definitely weird. The Husker hype train, as uh, as yeah. I call many others call it, in the off season. And um, who who are we hyping up for for your your second bowl prediction here, Steve? Anybody? Yeah, so I'm going uh, kind of piggybacking off of you with the run, and and I I agree with your um, Anthony Grant um, prediction. It's an excellent prediction. But See, I'm 150 yards too. Look at that. <laughs> no. No, no, I'm going. A, I'm going a little off off the reservation here. You remember, guys, uh, Jacques Yant still on the team. Still, he, still he's still there. Still there. <laughs> I think he's going to have a career high two touchdown runs. Now, I think that's because Anthony Grant is going to do a lot of the legwork from the twenty yard line to the one yard line, and they're going to give him a rest. They're going to put Jacques Yant in into a goal line short yard situation, just like they did against Indiana, and he's going to power it in there. I think it's going to happen twice. So, Jacques Yant. All right, two two rush touchdowns for all you college football fantasy players out there. For if there are any, <laughs> put in put in Jacquez Yant and your flex, says Steve Marek. That's uh that is bold to to predict. Yeah, I figured I'd go extra bold because I don't I don't know if my Mar Marquise Buford Jr. um ten tackles is bold enough because he's a good player. And only because you've been so good at predicting tackle situations. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason that it's not bold. Yeah. Hey, I was gonna say it might as well be just a lock. I mean, it's barely even a prediction at this point when you're predicting the well, now it's not gonna happen because we're talking too much about it. But that's what we're trying to get. We we want to go up in the standings here, Steve. This is a battle yeah. to the death here. But uh Jeff, what do you what do you got? I don't know if you're piggybacking off of some of the stuff Steve said, but uh what what's your what's your last poll prediction? Well, guys, in the Big Ten, I think specifically it's a punter's world and we're just living in it. So I'm going to go with Brian Buscini. Uh, this is going to be a punter's game. I think it's going to be relatively low scoring. And so I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for him uh, to get rolling. And so that's why I think he gets three punts inside the 20 yard line on Friday. He has nine total this year. Uh, and that includes a 50 plus yard punt. He's had four of those this year already. So almost won a game. So that is my bold prediction. I think he's gonna have a pretty good game. Predicting a, a Nebraska punter to have a big, a big night, probably a little safer than Greg's punt returner for Nebraska to have a big night than he that he did a few weeks ago. What was it? He's a punt return for 20 plus yards. What and specifically Ollie, right? And I, hey, hey, shout out to Ollie Martin for getting three catches, catches that catches that previously he did not make in his career. That is true. 
a lot of people don't like how he maybe like is looking at the defense and maybe shying away from contact. He did not shy away from contact against Indiana. He came down with those puppies. So I was really, I was really happy for Ollie. I wonder, is that the, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday's, um, we we'll recorded this on Wednesday. It was Tuesday. The days are all messed up, but in rapid recap this week, we talked about the Mickey Joseph effect, right? Do you think that that's something that that maybe is because of, do you think that maybe Mickey saw something on field or maybe even Mark Whipple, but given what he said about how he has to treat the team, um, to get results, but like somebody said something to him is kind of what my thought is on that, because you're right. Those are catches that he was kind of not making early th- throughout the of his career at Nebraska I think Mickey Joseph is making an incredible impact on everything in the program and that includes Ollie Martin not being afraid to catch a pass over the middle yeah I mean I go with it I think Oliver Martin was wound up being on the the PFF grades the second or third highest uh graded graded player which is I mean substantial substantial that he was able to make that type of impact he had the the um touchdown catch in the end zone right um in the first quarter, was it the first quarter? Do you have that? That was the first touchdown pass uh, of the game. First touchdown of the game. Yeah, he was he was efficient. Only three catches, but one of them was that long touchdown, and another one, um, I think it was like over fifteen yards that got him inside the five yard line, I believe. So he was efficient. Steve, are you going with the bonus bowl prediction with Oliver Martin? Uh-oh. No, I'm not. <laughs> He's like, I, I don't, I don't know if I believe far, in it far. that much. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm making a mini bowl uh, bonus prediction. It's related to my final score because um, I had been, th- I hadn't actually been thinking about this at all until um, thinking about what my final score, what I wanted it to be. And my prediction is Nebraska 27, Rutgers 20. So I have Nebraska winning and covering again. And then I have the under hitting, which again, I, like I said, it was 48 and a half, and it's the first time uh, since the Northwestern game, which was a 52 and a half total. First time that the over under for a Nebraska game has been less than 61 and a half. It's been 61 and a half or higher the the last four games. Um, but I've got the the under hitting with a, a 27 to 20 final score. And in looking back at the kicking numbers, Timmy Bleakroad has only attempted three kicks this year. He's only made he's one for three. And it was sort of one of those stats that I didn't pay any attention to. And then you look back, it's like, oh, yeah, all the scores have been. And even uh, like an even uh, divided by seven, um, we look back at is uh, um, 35 last week, 14 the week before, 42. And then the North Dakota game is 38 and then 28 before that Northwestern. So I've got an extra little little mini bowl prediction with my final score with uh, Timmy Bleakrow kicking two field goals as as part of that final tally. But Greg, what do you got as we go around the around the room here with our final scores? Yeah, so so I've already given away a little bit of the score since I think that Nebraska is going to post up a juggernaut like plus thirty um, on the scoreboard. So I've got Nebraska winning this one, thirty-one to twenty over Rutgers. I got the I got Nebraska winning, covering, and the overs hitting, um, which makes me a little bit nervous now that I've said that, especially with the overs. I think that part of it makes me the most nervous, to be honest. Uh, but I've got to stick with my original bold prediction. So Nebraska thirty-one twenty and a winner. Greg hypes up this 30 plus point for, uh, for Nebraska. I feel it. I've got to, I think I should get it. I'm trying to hype it up so we can, then I can get that bonus. Let me, let me get that bonus point. (laughs) All right, Steve, what, uh, what do you got for, for a final? Yeah. uh, Nebraska wins this thing 27 to 17. Um, I, I just am not, 
impressed with what Rutgers has going on offensively. And I know um, when, when they're playing FCS competition, their average right now, um, it, it drops down. Their scoring average drops down to 14.5 points per game when they're playing an FCS defense. Now, at an FBS defense. Now, I know at times Nebraska's defense hasn't looked like an FBS defense, but against Indiana, it did. And I just think all this positive momentum, all these good vibes around the program, they're going to continue on on this road trip and they're going to play a bad a bad offense, and I think it's just going to go well, and, and they're going to hold them to to around two touchdowns, and maybe they get a field goal in there too. So I think 27-17, to 17, Nebraska flies home to Lincoln, a winner. Yeah, and um, completely different matchup, right, this week. That's what Mickey was yeah. talking about today. That's what the coaches have talked about, passing more of a pass-heavy, up-tempo offense against Indiana. Rutgers, um, they're expecting a more run-centric. I think Mickey said 907 drills, so they're expecting a yep. – hard-nosed uh, run game, run-oriented game uh, to take place Friday night. So, Jeff, what's, uh, what do you got? You got another low-scoring one like Steve does? Yeah, I do. I got, actually, uh, they better not disappoint me now, but I'm going, I'm, I'm picking Nebraska 24-21. Uh, just looking at Rutgers, they're just so bland. There, there's nothing that stands out. I don't know. It's just nothing – feels good around them and I and I like what Steve brought up about positive momentum because you gotta remember there's only 12 games in a football season that's not a long time and at any point where you can get any sort of good momentum rolling even if it's just one win that could pay big dividends down the road just look at Kansas and what they came into, into this year with they get one win and it just snowballs now into five so I think in with what Mickey Joseph is doing with the team I just think Things are going really well at the moment, and I think that continues on Friday. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I, I think they pull it out. Well, they do have one flashy thing, and that's Greg Schiano with uh, starting starting fights on the sidelines of Ohio State games between him and Ryan Day. That was that was a, a flashy electric moment. But uh, I think something yeah, about Steve. that play, Zach, uh, Aaron Crookshank was the guy who murdered that punter on the sideline on when they ran that fake punt in the fourth quarter right yeah I think yeah I think yeah so <laughs> Aaron Crookshank's status for the at least first half maybe I have no idea Greg Schiano failed to let everybody know his status sh uh, shocker at his press uh, <laughs> press conference so no um, you don't say <laughs> yeah I don't know if he's gonna play I don't know. well, well that does it. throw an interesting wrinkle in things uh not just on Jeff's prediction but just the entire game in general, is if he sure. does wind up uh, sitting out or if he's if he's a full go. So another thing to to keep an eye on as uh, Nebraska kicks off against Rutgers from SHI Stadium at 7 Eastern, 6 Central on Friday night should be a, a hard nosed game, maybe a weird game, but um, we will see what happens and uh, we'll be keeping it. We'll be keeping an eye on all of our bowl predictions and final score predictions. Uh, Steve and I will be um, boots on the ground over in in New Jersey, and we'll have coverage for you on nebraska.rivals.com and the Inside Nebraska YouTube page. And uh, we'll see if Nebraska can cover that that uh, that three point spread. If they can pull out a win for what would be their first Big Ten winning streak since 2018. So um, plenty to look forward to. In the meantime, he is Greg Smith. He's Steve Mark. He's Jeff Ekstrom, and I am Zach Carpenter. And we will catch you guys again next time.